This week on the Reverse Stick, all roads lead to Lee Valley. It's the Vitality Hockey World Cup, and we're joined by Kate Richardson-Walsh, previewing our showcase event. And there'll be some other stuff as well. And welcome to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name's John Lee, and I'm joined by co-host Matt Allen. How are you, Matt? John, I'm fantastic. I'm enthused. It's the Hockey World coming up this weekend. The Hockey what? The Hockey World Cup coming up this weekend, and uh, I couldn't be happier. Really, really looking forward to this. What a treat ahead of us, eh? It is, and we've got a treat ahead too with a fantastic interview with Kate Richardson-Walsh. Hockey legend, I think it's fair to use that term, and um, she's going to be at the event as a commentator with BT Sport. We thought we'd have a chat to her to preview the action, because she knows a thing or two about World Cups. Been to a couple. Four? Been to four of them, yeah. Two couples. Yeah, dead set hockey legend. What an absolute pleasure to have Kate on the show, and uh, yeah, really looking forward to bringing that interview to you shortly. But of course, John, we always get underway with the... News. I didn't mean to throw that on you too swiftly then. Well, this is some of the other stuff we were going to cover. We'll leave behind the World Cup for the moment because we are going to be talking to Kate and uh, we talk about the World Cup and other things as well and we'll save that all up for a little bit later. But there have been some things going on in the world of hockey, Matt. Uh, a couple of things that caught my eye, the INAS European Championship Games. That was in Paris? It was in Paris, and these are para-hockey games that are going on there, a para-hockey tournament. Yeah, some senior internationals that are happening. And, and some interesting results. We've gone to the FIH... Uh, match Centre. Match Centre. What? Who runs it? Altsrt. Altsrt. Look, follow, follow those guys on Twitter as well. There's only about 100 people following at the moment. It should be a lot more. What a fantastic service it is. Um, but they're open to any of your suggestions that you'd like, you know, any tweaks you'd like to see on that system. So, sorry, slightly off news at the moment. But um, you can communicate <laughs> with them on Twitter. I've, I've, start. I've, re- I've requested uh, you know, access to some graphs that plot the... Uh, the times that teams score goals within games, anything that can be drawn out of that system, you can get onto the the guys at LTSRT and uh, suggest what you'd like to see happen to be pulled out of the data on there. So do that. Anyway, John, sorry, well, back uh, to the uh, European Championship. have yeah, kindly posted the results of the INAS European Championship games of para hockey. Italy came out number one, Portugal two, Spain, Netherlands, and France. Winding up that particular competition there. I, now, I don't know too much about these particular games, so I'll have to find out more because it sort of crept up on us a little bit, didn't it? Well, it, I, I didn't spot it last week on the, uh, the match centre, so it's, no. yeah, it's, it, it's popped up this week, but fantastic to see some power hockey being played there. Lots of, uh, junior international games happening all over Europe at the moment, I've noticed. Mm. Under 18s, under 16s, under 23s. Um, a lot of uh, Ireland are involved in a lot of games there. Um, U.S. National Club Championships uh, happened okay. for under-19s overnight, but I, I caught a bit of the game this uh, was it this morning or yesterday morning. Uh, the WC Eagles took out the final game against Excalibur FHC. That was uh, streamed live through USA Field Hockey. That was quite entertaining. Some good hockey on display there. Uh, other games going on, John? I was just looking at the match centre. Senior co-ed para hockey is the INAS games. So I, para, co-ed, I would imagine, is men and women. Is, would that be right? 
Uh, I don't know. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm, is anyway. that, are those the stats that I'm looking at there? Uh, no. Um, yeah, they might be the stats. No, that's, no, no, that's, from, that's from the internationals yeah, in Madrid in, as well. There has been a few international games going up in the last few days. There was uh, some stuff, warm-ups for the World Cup between teams that were competing there as well. And there's a few men's games going up. Did uh, you see? I know that the well, we Indians talk- and New Zealand men have got a series just about to get underway. But we uh, we spoke last week about the USA having a win over Scotland. Oh, yeah. They had a win over Ireland in the week. And Flocken, on the it wasn't just a win. No, it was a 3-0 win? Yeah, it was a good win. I think, like, I think it was a 3-0 win. It's the first time ever that they've beaten a top 10 ranked international team. Now, I don't know what you know what what the Irish squad was all about there. There's obviously uh, lots of things happening and uh, new coach um, inbound well, there. The question isn't what's happening in Ireland. The question is what's happening to in America because you and I both saw the American team the last time. Well, where was it? Uh, well, the Aslan well, Shark Cup, wasn't it? No, the Aslan. Oh no, it was Aslan Shark. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had some 15, 16 year olds well, in the I side. Ma- I made the comment on social media during the week that they that last time I saw them they couldn't even figure out which end of the stick to hold. I mean, in in the not that bad, obviously, but. You know, in the scheme of international hockey, they were a long way behind. You're not suggesting else. human growth hormone, are you, John? No, I'm not suggesting anything nefarious. I'm just suggesting that I don't know what I'm suggesting, actually. Excellent coaching. Uh, it's something's gone on there, and whether it's a selection thing or whether it's you know, training or program advancement. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the Irish men would be concerned, and so would the uh, the other opposition. Who was it? The Scottish guys that lost to them. Yeah. Mm. But great for American men's hockey. Well, fa- yeah, fa- fantastic. You know, g- gives them a bit of a, a fillet. Um, but I, 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 <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, both, both the Scots and the Irish man are, are both on the up. There's, um, there's no doubt there. So it was, um, yeah. And we don't know surprising. what coaches were doing with teams. No, that's that's exactly. That's it. one of the things you get when you have these games, Matt, that are very good opportunities for people to achieve a representative cap. Well, if you listen to... Uh, perhaps don't mean much of the Well, if you listen to the Frank Hockey podcast, um, Andrew Wilson's got a couple of shows there, the two most recent shows are previews about the upcoming Women's World Cup, um, almost on our doorstep, and uh, one of the points he makes in there is that there are these games that are going on around and about, but there's also a lot of other games that are happening that... Um, aren't being recognised as test matches um, and perhaps um, there's lots of reasons why they're not I saw uh, Australia played India I think beaten 3-0 um, the other day and on the women's side on the yeah. on the lead up a practice game so that's not a full international game um, for whatever reason you don't classify it as a full international game maybe well, you don't good. want the eyes of people on now those games I would call those the meaningless games John Okay, fair enough. Um, one thing that was interesting across the weekend is I heard some people talking about uh, the, some of the formats that have been trialled where teams can play through a tournament pool series and not lose a game and end up winning the competition because there was <laughs> they make it into the quarterfinals anyway or however that system works. Yeah, and, well, well um, we talked about it with Tasmania and well, the 21s. So you're, you're the super coach week. here because you... You actually previewed the idea during the Hockey World League finals last year. You suggested it could happen. It did happen. Yes. A team got to the final from that position. Yeah. And and you even had suggested the team that should try and do it. Um, okay. Now, um, 
apparently in the wake of what happened in those championships, there are I've heard that there are coaches who are talking about doing exactly that. That that, that those group games don't mean anything, so they don't care about them. But and, it's and going to be very exactly, different. You know, be very different this time around at the at the World Cup, so it will be. It will be. And we'll talk more about that a little bit later well, on in the show. What other news has been going on? Because there's, there's been dribs and drabs of international hockey. We talk about place, ga- thing, things that are come up, coming up. Obviously, we've got the CAC Games happening uh, very soon. African Youth Games. The African Youth Games. They're on right now? Uh, We're about to start. Today. That's in uh, Ghana? Yep, they've just started, I believe. Uh, or 18 hours from now, according to our little thing. Oh, I don't know. Is that 11 or is that 5s? Uh, that's a 5s tournament, Matt. Um Underway in Algiers for the women. Um, Is that a quali- maybe that's a qualifier for Youth Olympic Games uh, for the region? Algeria, Ghana, Namibia, Nigeria, South Africa, and Zimbabwe taking part on the women's side of things, and the men's side of things are also happening in Algiers. Two pools there: Zambia, South Africa, Nigeria, Zimbabwe, Algeria, Kenya, Namibia, and Uganda are all playing, and um, five-a-side tournament. So uh, a bit of a youth games, youth Olympics. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Know, well. Maybe maybe it is a lead into youth Olympics, uh, which now, is now there is some streaming of that going on as well, isn't there? Was it you that posted that stuff up? Uh, no, the streaming at the moment. There's lots of Euro 18s ah, okay. uh, on the EuroHockeyTV.org site. Some really good stuff that's been uh, happening there from a couple of locations. It's time uh, we moved on. You're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast, and now it's time for our feature interview. And it's a great pleasure this week to join, or to talk to one of the the real legends of our game, and that's Kate Richardson-Walsh. Welcome to the show, Kate. Hello, thank you very much for having me on. Now, we thought we'd get you on the program ostensibly this week to talk about the World Cup because, A, you've been to a few, so you know something about them, and, and B, you're going to be doing some commentary work there. Yeah, really excited. Yeah, my first World Cup was way back in 2002 in Perth, which was amazing, um, but it seems like a really long time ago now, and yeah, gearing up for, the, for this one now, not playing, and I've got a different role, but it's going to be an amazing tournament. Do you still uh, feel like you're picking up the stick again when the, the closer the tournament's getting? <laughs> um, we were saying yesterday, so I went down to um, Lee Valley and saw the set-up and all the stands are up now and all the kind of hospitality and everything's coming together and the teams were there training and kind of getting used to the turf. And I was like, oh, this is the... this is that When you kind of get close to it again and you get that sense of that bit of nervous energy you just want to get started nobody wants to kind of get any injuries at this point but you've got practice games to play and everything's just coming together and that's such a nice time I think to be in that team so there was part of me that was like oh I do miss that but then there's another part of me that thought about all the training that they've done in the lead up to this point and I don't I don't miss that I don't miss that so it's good yeah all good well let's talk about some hockey to start with shall we um I'm I'm really looking forward to this tournament. I think there's going to be some cracking games, and it, it's I can I can make a case for anybody in the top ten really on a day to win over anybody else. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. I think I think you look at the Dutch and the Argentinian, you, you just historically, and I think just in terms of the sheer numbers that they've got, 
um, strength in depth in those countries, I think you'd be hard-pressed to see them outside of the medals. But I think, as you say, anybody on their day, and I think that's been the strength of, I think, women's hockey, I think men's hockey's been there for a few years, that kind of that depth of kind of, you say, the top 10, 8, 10. Um, and I think women's hockey's there now. And so I think there's, there's a whole bunch that kind of sit behind those two that that could beat anybody on their day so it is exciting and I think the, the tournament format so if you win obviously win your pool you go straight to a quarter final but if you finish third in the pool you still got a shout at a quarter final so there's always something to play for um, so, and there's three pool games you can't really afford too many slip ups so it's going to be exciting there are going to be lots of games with, with big things on them which is, which is what you want well, it's interesting. We've talked quite a lot over recent shows about the format in different tournaments and how down to fourth place you would still get a shot and you could have somebody who would lose all of their pool games and go through. That's not the case this mm. time around, is it? No, so it's that. So it's top uh, one in each pool goes through the quarter and then third and second um, will play off against another pool. So if you come third in a pool, you'll play second in another pool for a chance to get into a quarterfinal. But, so yeah, fourth spot... You, in a pool you're out but you know I mean it's just you just think three pool games tournaments are roller coasters and you look at some of those final pool games it was Australia New Zealand final pool game in that pool it's just got an, just a rip-roaring game written all over it you know there's, there potentially could be some serious implications of who you then meet in a quarter final based on that pool game and it's so early on in a tournament to be having such a big game but it, it's great for the fans it's what, exactly what you want to watch as a spectator Kate you mentioned the Netherlands there and I, I watched them play at their mm. Hockey World League finals last year and they were almost mm. a class above everybody else but they still weren't yeah. putting teams away, they still weren't flogging teams and I think this yeah. could be a real big breakout tournament for them. They'll either stamp their authority as being one of the truly great sides and, and just walk all over everybody or they're, they're going to be up for the picking. Someone's going to be able to find a chink in their armour. Yeah, and I think that'll be... I mean, I think there's quite a lot of pressure on, on Alice Nana and his coach. I think she she has to do well with his team at this tournament. I think, you know, Dutch Hockey Federation are pretty demanding and, and they want success and they want continual success, particularly with that with that women's side. Um, so there is a little bit of... Yeah, the pressure is on them for sure. They come in ranked number one people expect them I think to, to be up and around that gold medal spot um, but there is downside to that and I think everybody's got weakness and I think if teams can get at their weaknesses like you say I think anybody can, can potentially take them on on the day I mean they've had recent games um, at Four Nations over in Holland and they've they were you know they were putting a lot of goals past the likes of Japan and China so, and that's okay I think against those teams but can they do it against Argentina, can they do it against New Zealand? And I think that is when we'll we'll really see them tested. Um, but they've certainly got potential to to put sides away. They've got a lot of quality. It's still it's still forming. I think as a team, it's in that kind of in between the Olympic cycles. They're still really getting a lot of that youth through the side. But I think they will be the team to beat for sure. Now, of course, they were the winners at home in 2014, beating Australia 2-0 in the final. Mm. Um, in 2010, the Argentinians were the winners, and that was at home in Rosario. Yeah. Is, oh. this, is this potentially yeah. a good omen for England this time around? Sorry, for G- um, GB this time around? Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I think for England, 
at home, I think it will help them massively. I think the crowd will get behind them. It's a positive environment to play in front of. It's a positive crowd. I think it will help them rather than hinder them as a team. So I think they will take that energy onto the field. Um, yeah, I think home advantage is an interesting one. I think we've seen it over the years. I think it was the Spanish women's team all the way back to Barcelona in 92 Olympics. I think they, the women's team won the gold medal there. You know, and that was maybe a little bit unexpected at the time, but it is that home advantage. It's not just the crowd. It's all the other elements around it that you can control when you're at home, the food you're eating, where you're staying, what you do in your rest days. All of that stuff is more controllable when you're at home. So those things, I think, will add up. I think certainly with Tony Kerry in charge, um, use no stone unturned and I think that will be that will play into their hands um, but the Argentinian yeah, the Argentinian team they want to stamp their authority they want to be the team they want to get up into that gold medal position again so it's yeah it's, it's got it's got a hallmark to a good tournament can you see anybody coming as a, a bolt from the blue that maybe you know might sort of uh, step above their bounds yeah, but like I say, there's a, there's a kind of a big group. So I think New Zealand have been playing well. I think they they always look great in the final third. I think with the Mark Hagar, I think they're they're finishing their ruthlessness and aggressive play in the in the final third. I think is is a hallmark of a, a good Black Sticks team. So I think if they can play tight and secure out of their back section, I think if they if they defend as a as a team really well, I think uh, I certainly think Black Sticks could be in there. I think who else do I think um, Hockey Roos they're rebu- I think they're rebuilding I think they've had a couple of they've got a couple of people not playing which I would have liked to have seen there but I think they're injured so it's they could always cause an upset I think you've got to back them on their day Hockey Roos have always got something about them they've got that little bit of quality they'll definitely be to be, be up there in those quarterfinals and then the knockout stages um, who else who else Germany again like performed amazingly well at the Olympics in Rio. Youngish side, but they again do have a sprinkling of quality. Didn't do, they finished fourth at Europeans last year? Mm, there's something there, but again, not quite got that consistency. Um, so it will be just a case of who rides out the tournament in the most in the most consistent way, and just they you know, eke out a two-one win or one-nil win, just gets those points on the board and just gets that momentum going through the tournament. And any team can do that. If you get on a roll, get that positive momentum, it really could be anyone, like you said at the beginning. Now, Kate, just before we move on, we will be doing a, a, a daily podcast during the World Cup, um, going through the results mm-hmm. of the previous day and, and you know, previewing the games coming up. What we like from you is a, is a one, two, three that we could put into our preview program and uh, see, see how well you go. We won't hold you to it. This Goodness <laughs> me, you're putting me on the spot now. Yeah. Um, you can show bias. <laughs> well, I know. I would have to. I mean, I have to back the girls, don't I? Um, oh, what do I think? What do I think? So, if England win their pool, I think they'll likely miss the Dutch in a crossover. So, I don't think they then meet them potentially till further down, which I think is quite big. So. I'm gonna back. I'm gonna back them. I'm gonna say. Ooh, I'm gonna say England, Netherlands, Argentina. I'm going for it. I'm backing the girls. I'm oh great! Confident. It's coming home. Don't, it's coming don't home. say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. That would be nice. 
that would be nice because we finished fourth and we've still felt like it's coming home in the Football World Cup. So if we could actually win and then say it has actually come home, that would be good. Yeah. Now we've heard some amazing things about what BT Sport have uh, got lined up. We've got Hawkeye Smart Replay Systems, Ultra High Definition, 26 cameras, ball tracking technology. Um, it, it sounds fantastic. Yeah. What's lined up? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I was talking to BT Sport yesterday. They've got. I mean, I was fascinated about Dolby Atmos sound. I was like, what is that? Um, <laughs> but I think basically they're just making you feel like you're. When you're watching a game, you're right in, you're right in it, and you're really hearing, feeling, seeing everything about the game, which I think you need that number of cameras to, to film a hockey game. And I think we've finally got to that point where we've got the right angles, we've got the close-up shots, we've got the wide tactical views. I know they're going to have the spider cam coming out for the semi-final final game, Ooh. so that just adds an extra yeah element and some great overhead shots. I think certainly for penalty corners and stuff like that, you really get that tension in that moment with that spider cam so yeah I think they, they do a great job um, they've got yeah lots of the lots of the old players back doing commentary and punditry and it's um, yeah it's, it's, it's going to be a great great 16 days spider cam spider cam yeah. oh, something to aim for I'm wondering if the players are going <laughs> to pick that one out yeah they would in our grade we'd be looking at yeah. that as a target <laughs> Try and smash it, smash oh, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure someone will try and smash it. Yeah, as long as it's not picking up, uh, picking up volume. You don't hear any of the uh, <laughs> huddle chat. <laughs> I'm a bit concerned about the Dolby Atmos as well. With hearing the umpire's whistle going behind me in the living room. Oh, I'll yeah. be a bit unsettled. That's a good point. <laughs> right across. Point. I know some, some of them. Yeah, some of them get a bit aggro, blow it a bit too hard. Yeah. <laughs> Now, we know that um, Ash Morrison and Simon Mason are there in the commentary box and quite a lot of your former teammates as well. Yeah, so Ashley Morrison and Charlie Broom, I think, are the lead commentators. Both of them are just brilliant. I've seen them both in their element and they're just the knowledge, the notes they both take are just amazing. So um, those two are leading on that. And then we've got Mel Clulo, some ex-teammate, uh, Simon Mason as well helping them out and then Helen um, Richardson Walsh is coming in to help them in the second week and then there's myself uh, Sam Quek and Krista Cullen will be rotating through punditry and kind of talking to the teams down on the field um, get out in the crowd talking to people that are, at, are out there watching as well so yeah it's nice to have the that bit of you know legacy that we you know we wouldn't have had the chance to have before because hockey was on TV so you know, this is, you know, the legacy, I think, of London 2012 and the group out in Rio and that squad. And what they've done is now built this platform where BT Sport wants to show it. And that means there is an option for players to be um, talking about the sport that they love and they've got kind of that experience and knowledge of. So it's really, really important, yeah. Hey, Kate, have you have managed to check out your commentary booth yet? Yeah, it's right in the middle of the stand. So the massive stand that they've built. I think it seats, that one stand alone, I think, seats, seats five and a half thousand people, and it's slap bang <laughs> right in the middle of that stand, and it's open, so there's no window, oh. and right in the noise. <laughs> so it's, yeah, that's just going to be an awesome spot, awesome spot, yeah. I uh, I heard a rumour that, that it's po- uh, Ashley Morrison was the only guy that could stand up straight in that box. Is Can you confirm that? 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I've not seen that. Or he likes to stand up when he gets excited. <laughs> so um, it's important that he's able to stand up. Uh, so when he gets really, when he gets near that goal, and he gets, oh, he gets a bit excited. It's good for him to be able to stand up and not smash his head. So uh, as long as Ash can do that, we're happy. We're happy. Yeah. So how how are things being taken uh, back there at home? Is is are we getting some good uh, local media interest? Yeah, it's good. So. Um, the time of picking it up, so I know they're sent, so Helen and I are going to write a few things uh, for them, and they've got their journalists down there. I think I think once it gets down the kind of business end of the tournament, I'm quite sure the BBC are going to be knocking on BT Sports door, asking um, if they can show bits and pieces on online and through their streaming service. Um, I expect it will just be a, t- you know, a case of seeing how the tournament rolls. I think people have kind of got a bit of a, a hangover from Wimbledon, the tennis, obviously, and then the football World Cup. But so I think once people kind of get into the tournament and they know it's know it's on, I think you know hockey is still a minority sport in this country where you've got football, cricket, rugby, kind of golf taking up most of the pages. So it's just a case of I think finding those little spots we can get in there and, and taking that opportunity. Yeah, you mentioned before as well. You said the word legacy, and there was obviously well, there was a boost in numbers post. Uh, London Olympics and obviously your great success in, in Rio is this something that we're hoping for, to, to further boost and further build the numbers at home there for you? Yeah definitely um, I think well, me for me personally I think we need to um, just widen the view a little bit with, with hockey in, in this country I think we could sometimes unintentionally I think um, close ourselves off and be you know, a middle-class sport that's kind of getting a little bit more elitist, um, and potentially only played in in independent schools and private in the private sector. And we want to keep that broad. You know, lots of my teammates and myself included were from the state sector, and you know, we need to make sure that everybody's getting an opportunity to play. And you know, if facilities aren't there, then let's share facilities. Let's make it work. Um, and so it's hoping. You know, I would love to get hockey in this World Cup out to people that haven't watched before, haven't played before that will go out afterwards and try and find their local club, local pitch, you know, get PE teachers wanting to, to play hockey again in school. Um, I think that's kind of the next uh, boundary that I think we need to need to cross and just keep broadening our um, hockey family as much as possible. Well, that's a perfect opportunity to talk to you about your role as an ambassador for Access Sport and the, the Flyers programme. Now, I understand there are some Flyers teams that are heading down to the World Cup. Yeah, so they have got their own tournament going on um, on the 29th of July, I think it is. Um, so they've got a tournament at Walton Forest Hockey Club. So they've got um, teams from all around the country. I think they might have some international teams coming over um, to play a tournament there during the day. And then in the afternoon, they're coming down to uh, Lee Valley and they're going to have a bit of a showcase event in the, in the spectator area so and you can be in there without a ticket so everybody can come down to the Olympic Park where the pit hockey pitches were during the London Olympic Games and just come and listen to um, Access Sport listen to some of the flyers talk about their journey see their enjoyment of hockey and just sharing sharing that because you know I was going around to schools and companies saying yeah hockey's great hockey's for everybody um, and then actually found out you know what it actually is isn't it isn't for everybody at the moment and we're blocking lots of people off and lots of people that are those with disabilities and you know we can you can make it work you can use adapted 
equipment, you can make it inclusive, make your sessions inclusive, but it's just educating people, giving people the knowledge, giving people the tools. There's definitely a desire for it. Um, we've already got, I think, a, over 17 clubs around the country now doing flyers, having flyers programs in their clubs, and we want to make that more. And we've got lots of clubs coming down, especially for that, to, to see that flyers um, network and to see those flyers players and to listen to their stories and to, to make sure that's an option in all those clubs. I think Access Sport are targeting um, 40 clubs um, to start with to try and get get it really across the country being played by everybody. I think we're moving in the right direction, Kate, with the um, the Power ID stuff that's going on. Um, we're we're yeah. certainly trying to be more socially inclusive. We love walking hockey on the show, and we and we yeah. love and we love yeah. back to hockey. Um, you know, there, there there seems to be steps in the right direction. Totally, absolutely, yeah. I mean, back to hockey has just been. I think that's one of the, the most amazing things that came off the back of London 2012. I think there's so many, particularly women, but men, women that have, you know, maybe played a little bit at school and then just life took over. You know, they had families, they went to work and they got too busy and going to a hockey club just seems like such a big commitment to pay a, a whole membership for a whole year and not potentially be able to go every week and not wanting to let the team down. And so back to hockey just allows people to just go and have that flexible time and yet get that same social, get that community spirit um, that you that you miss when you start playing that team sport. And so it's some of the stories that I've heard from men and women that have gone back to hockey and just absolutely loved it is just <laughs> the whole reason we play, you know, just that is the reason. Um, so it's, yeah, there's some of the, it's brilliant. It's got absolutely going in the right direction. It's great. We, uh, we did it for the first time this year at our club and we had about 13 people for the six week program and six or seven of them have ended up playing for the rest of the season. Excellent. Yeah. And that, that is so, so common and it's just, it's just giving people the chance, just give people the chance and the opportunity and, and more often than not they'll take it and I think that's brilliant. It's fantastic news. So do you know anything else that's going on at Fan Central? So I know there's lots of events going on in the spectator zone. I think one of the events, we have got walking hockey, um, so that's going to be a big part of that. I think the Hockey Museum have got a massive um, store, which yeah. I absolutely love, um, because I don't think we miss, there's not, I couldn't go to the library and get a book on the history of hockey necessarily. I think you'd have to really, really search for it. Mm. But I think the fact that we've got the Hockey Museum now, it's got international history of of hockey and they're always building and always taking you know equipment bits of the old equipment in and kits and stories and pictures and everything so that's going to be down there um they're all going to be there on one of the days i think it might be they went england play island again to represent to to recognize and to have represented the whole of women england women's hockey representation because i don't think we even know how many people have represented England as an international hockey player who have got a cap. I don't think we know that number. Um, and so to just get that group of players together is going to be really inspirational. That's a sad, that's one of the sad things about hockey is that we sad. don't have these, yeah, statistical, you know, milestones that we can yeah. mark. You know, it's terrible. We've got to work on that. So I believe the Hockey Museum will launch their first book this week, or it's just coming out, and that's about women's internationals at Wembley Stadium, at the old Wembley Stadium. Yeah. And boy, they were some crowds. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's how, I, that's how old I am. 
Yeah, <laughs> I went to um, uh-huh. went to watch the Thai food. I think it used to be called the Thai food cup. Um, and I went to Wembley in the must in the eighties. Um, and and it was packed, absolutely packed, full. So you've got to be getting up to I don't know in the ninety thousands probably people yep. and all watching hockey, screaming, lots of screaming schoolgirls. Um, but and how amazing is that? Like. Well, how did you get to that point where you're filling Wembley? Like, how big was the sport in yeah. those days? And like I say, I didn't realise the World Cup in itself for the women's side of the game is so complex and so um, interesting to understand because there was a tournament for many years that wasn't couldn't be called the World Cup. There wasn't a cup presented, um, but it was a world tournament. But you couldn't have any winners. So back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, yeah. you could the women weren't allowed to win or can, or be sent, be given a gold medal or say that they were the winner of this world tournament. They couldn't even call it a World Cup because that was just what sport was like for women in, in that day. And I've only just found that out now, and I'm like, yeah, that's my roots. That's where I've come from, and we need to talk about that and share that and get it out there. It seems so laughable, doesn't it? That that, that, that was, yeah. you know, it's crazy. But what's also wonderful is that there's yeah. so much great imagery from around the sort of you know, 1890s, 1900s. We've got it here in, here in Fremantle of women in long, cumbersome dresses, um, and yeah. you're not in sportswear in any way, shape, or form, but but playing the game. I know you the diff- You think like what they used to wear in the kind of 2030s to play hockey versus. You know, now the smallest, tightest lycra thing you've ever seen in your life, and you're like, yeah, how can you expect people to run around, sweat, you know, exert themselves to the limit? Of, yeah, but I can see why people thought the sport wasn't for women because they're playing hockey in a corset. You know, if I tried to play hockey in a corset, I'd probably pass, pass out. You know, it's um, it's yeah, it's it's just amazing that history is just so it's so important to share. And as you say, it's international. I think that's the the really cool thing about it. It's funny you say that, Kate. Some of my over fifties teammates, I think, do play in a corset just quietly. But we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep that for another day. Keep it in. Yeah. Keep it all tucked in. Yeah, keep it all tucked in. Yeah. <laughs> now, Kate, at the beginning of this interview, I described you as being one of the legends of our game, and I didn't use that term lightly. And for the listeners that perhaps may not know too much about you. Matt, you have some numbers. Can you just go through some of those numbers for us? 375 international appearances, four Olympic Games, four World Cups, four Commonwealth Games. England, a GB captain for 13 years. Um, you had the pleasure of a, a Com Games silver medal in front of a home crowd in Manchester in 2002, a bronze at home in the London Olympics, and, of course, the gold medal at the Rio Olympics in 2016. Oh, don't forget the Euros in 2015 on the lead up to that as well. That is some career by anybody's standards. Do you ever sit back and smell the roses, Kate? <laughs> no, God no. There's always there's always things where you think, oh, I could have done that better, or I could have been better at that, or you know, just I'm not not regrets, but I think just looking back, you know, there were some real hard times as well. So you know, we didn't qualify as GB for the Olympics in 2004. That was a really hard time. We lost 70% of our funding. You know, 2014, we became 11th out of 12 at the World Cup. Um, and yes, there was success after that, but you, you, you know, you, I don't think you can sit here and go, wow, because you also look back and go, but there were some really shocking times as well. And 
and that's probably what makes the good time seem so good but it, it's not you know it's not all sunshine and roses but there was the tough stuff as well as any kind of athlete or sports team will, will say Kate you mentioned something there where you talked about the funding cut is is that something that actually mm. weighs on the minds of, of a modern hockey player knowing mm. that you know that, that all that stuff's linked for them yeah, I think as I got older, I think it probably got more more real. Um, when I was first in the team, and even when I was captain, I was 23, and when I was first made captain, I was still just finishing off my studies at university at that time. So, you know, you're kind of used to just scraping by and, and not living on very much money. So you're not, I've never, wasn't in the working world full time at that point to really know what I was missing if it was taken away. Um, but I think as you've got older and you realise, God, this could end tomorrow. If I could get, I could get injured, I could get deselected, I could just completely lose my form, um, and I could get dropped from this. And I'm needing to go and work. Plus the fact that if you then, if you are lucky enough to get selected, go to a tournament, be one of the lucky few, you then have that pressure of knowing that you have to get a certain target. Otherwise, chances are your funding, which is government funding, could get cut. There could be a change of government and it could get cut. There could be a change of policy. Um, and I think as you got older, that did become more real, and you were more aware. And I think certainly in London and in Rio, we 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 knew both the men's and the women's hockey side. We knew one of us had to medal to keep to keep our funding, and that is is shared pressure. Of course, it is, but it is pressure. And I think you, as an older player, I think you do carry that around with you a little bit. So, what do you think about the the immediate future of the international game with respect to that and the introduction of the pro league? Yeah, I think um, I, I think we 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 would I think we need to, and I think we have to look more towards uh, private sponsorship and private funding as governing bodies. But that's tough, you know. Mm. There are so many teams, organisations, charities that are seeking out and trying to find that um that backing of a, of a big corporate sponsors or a number of big corporate sponsors and so it's a tough world out there trying to find that however we're going to need to go down that road because it's a treacherous you know kind of high beam that we're on with with government funding it's been amazing and i have i have seen the absolute brilliance of national lottery funding but it it might go and you know the uk sport now are looking at how they fund Olympic and Paralympic sports and you know they might change they might decide actually you know we're not going to fund team sports because you're massive and you need so much more money than than another sport and they could quite easily take it away so we we do need to generate income from from different areas broadcasting I think is one of those areas so hence I think the Pro League brings that into the mix I think it then gives it an audience which will hopefully attract um, those corporate partners and corporate sponsors and give teams governing bodies and individual players that little bit extra platform um, which will I think then help the sport just lift lift it up to that next level of, of professionalism but it's then again you know how much pressure we're putting on the pro league to work um, it's a fantastic idea and I like the concept um, and if I was 24 I'd bite your arm off but <laughs> yeah, I was thinking God you know, when I was in my 30s, I'd be like grandma getting off the plane, trying to play a game, and then get back, in, get back on a plane again. Well, that, wouldn't have, that wouldn't have worked probably for me towards the end. Well, it's interesting. You um, oh, sorry, go on. For the sport, I think it's good. 
So interesting, you mentioned Olympics and costs there. Now, it's obviously a fair bit of interest um, around what's happening with Youth Olympic Games, with the for Hockey Fives format, and we hear that the uh, the IOC are very keen on reducing the numbers involved with hockey. Where do you see the future, 11 aside or, or 5 aside at the Olympics? Oh, God, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I think in 2012, I think after 2012, the IOC reviewing which sport um, we're going to move forward and I'm pretty certain that hockey was in the bottom three um, that we're potentially going to get kicked out and that is about money and it is about numbers but it's number of beds in the village and the cost of feeding those athletes and the hockey team is obviously pretty big um, I, I would love to, to keep the, the format as it is the, the four size 11 aside because it's it's our history it's the game uh, you can I mean, I love indoor hockey, and it's exciting and it's quick, and obviously fives is like that, but on a slightly bigger scale and outside. But it, it's, it will bring lots of the best elements of hockey out. But then how, you know, will we then go to fives in all of the leagues around, all the domestic leagues? You know, where you need to be able to, as a, as a youngster or as a player playing in a domestic league, be able to switch on the Olympics and be able to recognise the game that you play. Maybe it's a bit faster, hopefully a little bit faster, but it's, it's the game that you play and it's what you can connect to. And yes, I think hockey fans will have elements of that, but it's not, it's not that full-size game. So I would really love them to keep um, the full-size format, but I know it is about money and it's about beds in the, in the Olympic Village and mouths to feed. So we're going to have to work hard. And I, I think hockey fans have worked well with the Youth Olympics. I know um, Helen is one of the athlete ambassadors that's going out there this time uh, for hockey and for the British Olympic Association. So I think um, it, is, it is a great tournament, it is a great concept, and it's exciting to watch, but do we want that at the Olympics? I'm not sure I would like to see it. I think I'd like to see the full format still. Kate, do you still play at all? Do you still get a, get a ball on stick occasionally? Um, so I played, I didn't play last season, so the season before, after Rio, the season after Rio, I played in Bloomingdale, uh, in the Netherlands for a season, and then last season I didn't play outdoor, but I played indoor for East Grinstead. Um, and then this coming season I'm gonna co-coach, uh, Hampstead and Westminster with Sarah Kelleher. So it's gonna be, I'll have a hockey stick in my hand, but in a different way. <laughs> uh, so yeah, always having a stick in the hand somehow. So you've been the opposite side from Mr. Quan Brown. Is he is he on the men's side again this season? Yeah, Quan still coaches the men. Yeah, and so that was kind of also one of the reasons. So coaching with Sarah, um, Sarah Kelly is an ex uh, Irish international. I played with her at Slough many moons ago, um, and she's the England under eighteen um, girls coach. Um, so it'd be great to coach with her. I think I'll learn a lot from her. And then Quan, yeah, is obviously in the England setup. He's with the senior men also in the development squad stuff so it's and I'm 21 so it's really good to learn and to see how Kwan works with the players kind of stuff that he's teaching them how he coaches and I think that was my, one of my main reasons for going to Hampton was to get that kind of learning experience from, from those coaches I have no doubt at all that you'll make coaching a success just like you have done with uh, everything else you've done in the game so far um, Kate we well, I well, knew you would find a way to find a link to Kate 
Quan Brown. <laughs> you did every interview we have, Kate, with someone from the United Kingdom. He manages to find yeah. some link to that person that we're talking to, and he's just done it then. Ah, <laughs> oh, genius! The hockey was a small one. Everybody knows everybody. Well, that's the beauty of it, isn't it? We're 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 one big happy hockey family. <laughs> Very dysfunctional. <laughs> That's exactly what we are. Yeah. Kate, we wish you every success uh, in your commentary and all the other jobs that you're doing there, and the the, uh, the representation also for Access Sport and the great work that you're doing there. You know, I hope I hope you enjoy the tournament. We're really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. No, thank you very much for chatting chatting to me today. I've uh, loved it. Thank you very much. You're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast, and that was Kate Richardson-Walsh. What a fantastic person she is. She was great to talk to. You know, an inspirational character on and off the field. Um, Yeah, an absolute delight to to have on the show, and what a great lead-in for the World Cup for us, and of course, the World Cup Daily. I'm looking forward to the World Cup Daily show, which will be kicking off, well, there'll be one coming out, Saturday morning London time is that fair to say yeah maybe a bit earlier than that but the, yeah, Seven, the, uh, yeah our preview will the be the preview out. might be coming out a bit early but every morning round about 7am Sunday will be Sunday first get first games are played on Saturday, Saturday night on, yes. yeah on Saturday so it, it will be out if you're in London 6, 7am maybe a little bit later but yeah but certainly by midday on 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 the sunday now we should mention if if that happens to be 6 or 7 a.m. in london what time is that well it's now less on the continent in europe it's uh seven hours less in uh perth time here on the west coast but there's a two-hour difference so it's a nine-hour difference to the east coast aest don't worry about that don't just it'll it'll arrive before the games are played on the next day. Seven hours. I'm, I'm just so, trying to so, get So you'll get a preview of the day. games coming up on that day oh, ahead of you if you listen to it as soon as it's released and you'll get the news and uh, results and interviews from the previous day's play. And previews of the games coming up and That's lots it. That's of I, stuff. I just said that. Yeah, good. And we won't be rambling on what we normally do in the podcast. It'll be a tight ship, that show. 20 minutes tops. That's, That's it, it, isn't it? Bang. Done. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. Okay. I'll look forward to that. But that was, we've got distracted from Kate Richardson Walsh. What a career. What a player she was. Or well, still is, but, you know. But like, yeah. Players yeah, yeah, no, no. I played, played in the Jaffa Sixes for her and Helen played in the Jaffa Sixes in the indoor competition uh, at the Copper Box Arena last year. Uh, signed up for the indoor tournament. Uh, but no, a great, really great ambassador for our game and does great work in the media in the UK. Um, appears on, uh, there's a particular, uh, show on Radio 5, there, 5 Live, called Fighting Talk. Okay. She's always been fantastic on there, a fierce competitor. Um, so, uh, yeah, thanks so much to, uh, to Kate for joining us on the show. And you get the feeling you could talk to her for a long time about the game. Oh, I mean, there was so couldn't much. Touch, more couldn't we could touch on it all, could we? Yeah, no, nowhere near it. And, the reason we got it on was to talk the World Cup too. So, uh, what do you make of it? The World Cup, the Women's World Cup. Let's let's go with the Netherlands first because they're obviously the top wasers. We uh-huh. said in the interview there about where they are at at the moment. You'd think, oh, I hate to use this term, but you think it's theirs to lose. 
in, in a certain sort of way. Uh, if they've improved, if Alison Adams been able to get more, you know, take them to the next level, it's theirs. Just write it in the book now. I think they've had a late change. I think is it Pian Sanders who's out I don't uh, think one player for a difference. I don't, but I think from Cook, that good a team due to concussion. Um, recently, oh, really? yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's, that's been sad. highlighted by Shona McKaylin as well. So you can check out. She's written something on their blog. You can find. I mean, injuries are always sad. Don't get me wrong, but you know, concussions, especially in a game like hockey, where it's so unusual for a player to miss games for that reason. We're talking about miss games. Doing Kate Richardson Walsh just showed you some of that footage oh, earlier no, on when she go got the got the stick to the jaw yeah. uh, from the Japanese Glad girl. Didn't uh, no. But let's go through. Uh, obviously, Argentina is going to be a strong team. Uh, people often talk up the hockey ruse. I'm not sure they're as strong as we imagine. Well, it's in, it's an interesting um, blend there because there's a, a lot of faces that may not be quite as recognised within the set. There's a few, you know, fairly new faces to to the team there. Yeah. Uh, quite a young group. Um, interesting to see Emily Hurt back in the squad there, and she had a very good uh, AHL season for Victoria. Um, she was part of the international setup oh, two or three years ago, okay. um, and has scored goals on the biggest stage. And she's she's firing. So I think uh, and Cat uh, uh, Slattery's back in again after missing some tournaments earlier on towards the back end of last year. Um, so I think uh, going forward they'll be very strong. Uh, good to see Carrie McMahon back after that uh, leg injury. Um, which uh, ruled her out. Was it the Com Games that ruled her out out of? I think it was. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's a very very strong player at the back. Of course, Jodie Kenny as well. Another another strong in the back line and good on the drags. Um, Kate went with the heartstring when she named England to win the tournament. She did. Yeah, I think England uh, can play good hockey. I don't think they've necessarily got the plays that they can just pull out and those periods of, of a game where they can dominate a team enough to get to a final. Does that make sense to you? So you're talking about the, the hockey ruse? No, the English oh, team. The English the team. Hockey, you know, I, I would say the hockey ruse would be a superb effort to reach the semi-final. I can see them getting to the quarters, but I, they may struggle to get to a semi. England, I see them getting to a semi but maybe struggling to get to the final who knows that home crowd advantage can, can have such such an effect and, yeah, super look, coach. And, and you can't you can't ignore the fact that the past two hockey world cups have been won by the the host okay. nation yeah. we mentioned you before super coach go on uh, New Zealand's chances what do you reckon yeah I think they're good I, I really do think they're, they're fancy good. to yeah, be honest yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Kate brought them up in, in the teams to watch you like the way they went about it um yeah, I think they're pretty. They're pretty no nonsense. Um, the got a two teams of big... I'm interested in are Argentina. Uh, not Argentina. Sorry, apologies. I am interested in Argentina, but are China and India. Well, yeah. obviously, Seward back um, at the helm uh, with India. They've had some reasonable results on the the leading games. Are they going to play Commonwealth Games hockey, or are they going to play some different sort of hockey? Well, it depends if it's player driven or not, doesn't it? I suppose, John. Yeah. Do you think it's the same player-driven approach? I don't know. That was being subscribed to the, uh, well, the main Sean's, site? Well, Sean's been on the, um, on the Twitter again recently. Has he? Yeah, doing a bit of the social media stuff again, where he's, you know, 
come to defence of the idea of what his player-driven approach was, and you know he doesn't have a joystick; he can't con- just control players on the field. So they have to, you know, have some sort of uh, autonomy in their yeah. decision making. So, you know, to be honest with you, anything that's said in India by a foreign coach is going to be blown up to all sorts of different proportions, isn't it, by the locals? By the local media, sorry, not necessarily the locals, but they're, they're quick to jump on those sorts of things and perhaps take them out of context. And he's just a hockey coach, <laughs> you know, he's just a hockey coach. I think they're pretty bullish. There's a good article in the Times of India. You can see what they think about the uh, the chances of the the home side there of the Eves. Um, what else? What else, John? They do well to make the quarters, India. If they put up a good showing in the quarterfinals, I think they've done well. Um, okay, we should move on because we've got another interview to get to, don't we? Do we not want to talk about the other pool? Which pool? <clears throat> oh, look, we're going to find out all about it on our daily shows as they come up. We're we going are, to talk, they're coming t- up. talking lots about it. Because we've got Korea, Italy, Germany. Germany what are the chances? Of the, I mean, there's, there's 16 teams there, and okay, two stand out, but... Um, what, what are the USA oh, going to bring? Day. Well, that's it. Ireland seem to be building some good momentum. Okay, one team's going to miss out from the pool rounds to the finals yep. round. So, if you can finish third, well, no, one one team in each pool. Yeah, yeah. If you can finish third in your pool, you're still in the game. You're still in the game, and you know what you bring on the day is going to count. Yeah, we're going to be talking about it all every single day throughout the whole tournament. Are you to ready make for sure. it? Uh, I'm ready as I'm ever going to be, John. Ready as I'm ever going to be. I heard it's got some fine theme music too, this program. Oh, but yeah, so, yeah, me too. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. It should be interesting. See what sort of, see what Daryl says. Um, okay, let's move on, shall we? Because we do have... Well, look, we don't, we don't want any feedback on that anyway, so stuff you, we, honestly... <laughs> don't have to ask a lot of feedback. Jeez. You're listening to the reverse stick. The most, uh, Distinctive theme music in the global hockey podcasting world. Yeah, but I think it's probably I think it's the number one theme music <laughs> in the global <laughs> hockey podcast world. Yeah. Okay. Number yeah. one theme music for a global you hockey do, podcast. Yeah, you do realise we uh, we run we run we run the longest running weekly global hockey podcast <clears throat> in the southern hemisphere. I mean, in, in the world, the world. Sorry, the entire yeah. world. <laughs> Moving on. Let's get let's get to Masters World Cup because there's other World Cups going on at the same time, well, and of course, this is more in in tune to our playing abilities. Well, the Exim Masters World Cup is coming up uh, just a, what eight or nine days away now. It'll, it'll get underway whilst the Vitality Hockey World Cup is underway. Um, 133 different teams from 26 mm. different nations descending upon Club Agara and surrounding clubs, but Terrassa in in Spain. Uh, so that's your over 35s, over 40s, over 45s, over 50s and over 55s. I hope all those pharmacies have ordered extra deep heat. Deep heat, yes, indeed, and uh, Voltaren. Yeah, a bit of that stuff. Um, yeah, your anti-inflammatories, plenty of ibuprofen on the shelves. And, of course, the major over 50 uh, masters. No, don't say the blue pills. No. Oh, sorry, what? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> no. Blue pills. You're a shocker. You're making rash assumptions there about what goes on at Masters hockey tournaments. Mate, you get your wags everywhere, don't you? 
Wags. And your bab, bags, boy, what's the, hab, habs? Habs? Husbands oh, and boyfriends, I've, habs? I've got the shovel here. <laughs> Just behind me. If you need to get no, out. No, the, the wags and the habs, that's, that's normal terminology. It is time that we get to our guest though, Matt. And we started uh, our conversation with Edu uh, by asking him what sort of effort went into putting on an event such as the Masters World Cup. I think the best I can do is just try to explain all the story from the beginning. <laughs> everything, like, I mean, uh, everything started, like, uh, approximately, approximately, like, 15 months ago. So since 15 months ago, we've been working on that project, which is going to, this is nine days away from, from now, so we're very close to it. Of course, during this nine, th- during these 15 months, uh, the load of work uh, has been the same. But uh, during all time, we have been dedicating our part-time to this um, tournament uh, from from zero to hundred, actually, uh, because uh, okay, we were designing it by 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 the MHA as the as the organizers. Um, from here, uh, we had to set up everything. Of course, we have the facilities of the Tropicana, but uh, uh, probably with because of the attraction of, of, of Barcelona and our good uh, organization and communication, uh, we have been mm, well. It's been a it's been a success. All the all the I mean the participation. Uh, we have uh, around 133 national teams participating from across 26 different nationalities uh, from Singapore, Zimbabwe. Uh, Ghana uh, to US and all across Europe so it's uh, wow. going to be a worldwide uh, event and and of course we had to find uh, financial support and uh, we had to find um, uh, collaborators we had to find uh, a group of people to to being holding that and supporting that during all these uh, months, we have been like around 20 people dedicated to that in different areas, working of course beside their own jobs. So it's something part time, but uh, with with uh, with education, we had to accommodate all the other facilities. Where because of this huge participation, also we need to to ask the the collaboration of other clubs near around Tupigara because we only have three fields. And of course, in a 10 days tournament uh, with 133 national teams, it's impossible to play wow. <laughs> everyone uh, in three pitches. Uh, I guess the I guess the, the competition starts around nine o'clock, and then and the last game starts at eight o'clock uh, in the evening. So it's going to be like 12 days, uh, 12 hours per day. Non-stop. So we need a lot of pitches, and we have the collaboration from uh, other clubs from Terrassa. We have to coordinate all these, all these, all these uh, games uh, and be prepared for that. So we are very proud of the of, about the job and the full organization we have been doing during all this time. And we are just trying to find. I mean, well, we are expecting and, and, and really looking forward for the for the first day. A lot of hockey to be played. That's a lot of hockey. Yeah, a lot of hockey. A lot of hockey from different ages, from plus 35 till plus 55. 
so which uh, I could guess, I guess that probably also um, good hockey and good matches playing on the field. <laughs> 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 we had Mark Moss on the show last week who was representing the England over 35s. Okay. We, we also have a friend who's representing Australian over 55s. Um, and yeah. Javier Pion from, uh, from France, who's part of the hashtag TRS World 11, is representing the French over 50s. Um, like you said, what a great spread of ages throughout, but uh, they're all taking it very seriously. Yeah, 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 that's on the, the national teams. They are taking that very seriously. Uh, and that's nice. That's nice because, uh, of course, it, it, it's not a, a party competition. It's a competition and, and it's a maximum they can play uh, at their, at their age. So, and, uh, um, many of the national teams who are, which are doing like, um, how do you call it, selection. So they have plenty of players which are, uh, signed to this, uh, to the, to the national team, but not all of them can play. So, uh, it's not, a, it's not, it's, it's gonna be funny, of course, but it's, it's gonna be serious, uh, on the pitch, and we hope so as well on the, on the village, where we are expecting a lot of people. Uh, I have to, I have to say that it's, uh, the most, uh, I would say that the, the, the biggest tournament, hockey tournament ever. Yeah. There's going to be around 3,000 players. Yeah, incredible. Around. Plus supporters. Sorry, that's incredible. I mean, it's easy to say, but <laughs> yeah. I cannot imagine all of them all together. So, so that's uh, something difficult just to, to, to see the proportion. You know? Because we are 20 guys uh, discussing about uh, how be everything. And we have some references about different tournaments and different um, different tournaments we have organized uh, inside the club, but uh, never uh, 3,000 uh, people tournament during 10 days. A different okay. level. Uh, which is a good challenge for everyone. Edu, has uh, the local community bought into it? Are they, are they ready for these 3,000 hockey players? Yes, we are ready. We have to be ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The local townspeople, are they looking forward to it? Yes, yes, of course. I mean, uh, of course, it, there, there's a period of vacation right now here in Spain. Okay. Uh, it's coming August. It's 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 difficult to track people, but we are we are pretty uh, pretty sure that will be the club. There's always going to be a crowd, and, and there's going to be a good atmosphere there, and, and we are all uh, prepared and 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 looking forward for that, of course. Oh, look, it sounds like it's going to be fantastic, um, Edu. Um, do you want to give a big shout-out to any main sponsors in particular? Of course, uh, that's going to be not only expectation in, in presence in, 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 in the, at the Club, club Agara uh, during the tournament, also it's going to be a lot of expectation around the world, uh, which uh, it's, it's because it's, it's a very important uh, World Cup. There are 10 tournaments in, in one. So and everyone, uh, most of the players who are coming, uh, do they have they, they have family and they want to see their 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 friends, I mean their familiars, uh, playing. So we're gonna be covering all the all the, the XM masters through the social media. Through we'll do, we'll do our best, of course, because we have many things to do. I can advance that there's gonna be a a, a live channel uh, in YouTube. Uh, just we're gonna be in streaming all the games played on the one of the fields. Fantastic. Don't forget to hashtag live stream hockey. 
I will I will send you guys the the direction and I will send it to you as soon as I have it. Wonderful. Uh, so I will post it and everywhere. So we are trying to to approach this hockey to everyone. Also, we have a, we have, we have signed an, an agreement uh, last week with Scored, the hockey community. I know that you know them pretty well. Yeah. Uh, Scored.com. Uh, they're gonna just implant uh, live coverage so ev- where everyone can. Can post everything about what's going on on there. Excellent. So that's gonna be. I mean, we wanna make it social as hockey is, but not only in the fields, not only in the bars, also for everyone who is around, which I think is, uh, is the most important, and also uh, for all the relationships they can they, uh, that can be built uh, during the tournament, uh, they can continue. At the end, um, hockey is like a family, and we want to be connected with everyone. So this is the our one of the our most important things as well. The social part, no, no the competition yeah. is the main part, of course. But beside the competition, we have to take care about everything and try to to satisfy to everyone and and, and make them happy until they have a good re a good a, a good remember about us uh, in the next well, for their lives. I would say. I would say. <laughs> any any chance you're going to be picking up a stick? We're going to see you running around at all. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not in a good shape, and I did. I mean, I, would be, I was thinking about that, that uh, around January, about trying to to make my, how do you say that, the draft to get into the plus 35. Yeah. But uh, I have no time. <laughs> I have no time uh, because I'm also I'm also I'm doing that during the year. Uh, I have my job. I have also. I mean, and the T2 co- uh, of the girls of the first division of, of the main division with Club Vegara uh, with Andrew Wilson, um, and I'm so busy. So, of course, that would be a, a good was a good opportunity to try to make it. But uh, I'm happy as well on the other side, on the organizational side, and, and I'm looking forward as well to to see good friends and enjoy hockey from the. From the bench, not on the field. <laughs> Look, Edu, we we wish you all the very best for this tournament. It's going to be oh, yeah. a, a great event, I'm I'm sure. Uh, have you have you got a winner in mind? Uh, ten winners, actually. Ten winners. <laughs> ten competitions. Ten winners. But uh, no, I, I don't know. I don't know pretty much the the what the potential of them. But uh, for me, the most important. Uh, I will feel. Uh, we will feel like the local, uh, the local committee will be, will feel proud and will feel winners. Everything goes properly, and everything is okay. And and the competition uh, and and everything of the organizational side, it's it's correct. Then we will feel like the winners. But of course, uh, regarding to the. On the on the on the field, uh, I don't know. I cannot say anything about about, about that. Look, well, Edu, we we wish you all the best with it, uh, and especially the live stream. We'll be looking out for that and the links you send out. Thank you very much for your time tonight, and thanks for what you're doing for hockey as well. Uh, thanks, thank you very much to you, uh, and 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 of course that that's been a pleasure, and we'll keep in touch, and we we'll hope to fulfill the expectations of everyone, and wish you my best as well. And thanks to to you as well for the your collaboration to this small but big uh, sport. Thanks, Eddie. Right, guys. Good luck with it. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Now, you know, John, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at the Reverse Stick. 
Uh, you can communicate through us. You can like things that we post. You can share it with your friends. You can also get in touch with us directly by email, matt at net or john at net. Share your views. Share your content. You can even use those forums to ask Matt about who that last interview was with. That last interview? Yes. That was Eddie Kamada. From? Clover Gower and the Exxon Masters World Cup. He's organising it. He's one of the main men there. Who did it? Sorry? <laughs> Along with a lot, many other helpers, Ed, who did it. No, he was, he was very keen to stress that as a, um, a, yeah. a great team of volunteers that are giving up their time for, uh, the love of our game. What do you think about a whole lot of over 35s ending up in, uh, Spain somewhere during holiday season? I reckon it's a recipe for disaster. Mate, as you know, you heard Mossy last week, there, there, there won't be a, a drop of sangria or cerveza, uh, passing their lips until after the business is, uh, uh, has been taken care of. Yeah, until after they get fu- past the first game and start talking to people in the crowd and bumping into old mates and, you know, senorita catches someone's eye. <clears throat> now remember, uh, de-alcoholised wheat beer is isotonic. Oh, that's right. Yeah. De-alcoholised... Well, yeah. why would you drink it? To put the vitamins and minerals back into your body as quickly as possible so you're fit and raring to go and ready for the next game. What film. difference does alcohol make? <laughs> Certainly the ingredients are the same, so it'll just be all right. Okay. Uh, thank you, Dr John. No, check out the Masters World Cup. All There'll right. be some great hockey play there. And look out for those streams as well, if you can. Yeah, we'll, we'll be sharing them. You're listening to the Global Hockey Podcast. It's called The Reverse Stick. I'm your host, John Lee. I've got a co-host. His name is Matt Allen, and we've been talking for far too long. We had a great interview with Kate Richardson-Walsh. We shouldn't spoil it by letting us talk for any longer. We've got a heap to get through, though, so we're going to go double speed, oh, hey? go. Bang. All right. Uh, you're a hockey league. Yep. Draws just taken place live on Facebook. Yep. Couple of rule changes. We won't take you this week through the uh, oh, the fixtures that are coming can we up. We give ourselves a tick for one of them, though. We can indeed. So uh, rule changes from last year. Well, you'd be pleased to know they're going to stay eleven aside. So there was a rumour they might have been going to nine aside. Uh, that's uh, was unfounded and obviously uh, um, scurrilously made up by by me. Um, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Yes, they will be removing the two goal for one deal. So one goal will now be one goal. <clears throat> one goal is one goal. Great. Good. Common uh, sense prevail. Jerry, listen to that common sense. And bring back the bully. <laughs> Hashtag bring back the bully. That's right. And of course they're bringing down the number of teams from 24 to 20. Uh, that will fit in, I think, with they're bringing together the knockout 16 and the final four together over the Easter weekend as... Uh, as one final tournament, mm-hmm. um, so that m- that's missing out one of the the fixture weekends that they have a- across the competition. Um, to make it a bigger, better, more spectacular event. You know, be hard pushed to do that, won't they, John? Well, they've done a good effort in previous years. I don't see why they can't at least match it. But it seems common sense has prevailed there with the two for one goals. They've yeah, trialled it. They they uh, they don't think it worked. Um, yeah, like you said, 
a bit of uh, vindication for some of the things we've been calling for. Anything else we called for that is... Uh... Crash balls. Oh, that's what something we're going to do in our, our World Cup daily update too. Yeah, crash ball counts. Crash if you, ball counts. Yeah, if you hear a crash ball mentioned on the commentary, um, send us a message on the socials, hashtag yeah. crash ball, just so that's we can keep a count. We want to hold these guys to to account. We We can't have the crash ball infiltrating our sport. New FIH rankings out this week. John, one slight change is India moving up to fifth from sixth on the men's side. Not touching it. Um, yeah, lots of debate to be had about the fairness of the rankings, the system that's there. Um, there's a general opinion that it's not right what's there at the moment. There's some talk about people within the ins- inside the FIH considering uh, ranking points for every single international game that's played. Obviously, there's lots of debate about whether points should be awarded for a, for a tournaments that are purely invitational tournaments. Uh, there's certainly a, uh, a long way to go on getting it right and something to suit all parties. We would love to hear if you know of any system out there in team sports across the globe that does work well and that would suit the world of hockey. Um, something that we could replicate and go, yep, yeah, that you know that that works well for us. It is very complicated, we know, but uh, the debate will rage on on that for sure. Uh, I think only one word describes that. Go for it. Bollocks. Okay. Um, whilst we'll move to the screen, I think, John, FIH Magazine Show was launched as we were recording last week. Um, it's a little instructional to start with. Um, Sam Quek is the host on there. Um, we kind of think, look, it's a bit vanilla, but if it's for the introduction to the game kind of market, that's fine. Um, and it's... You know, it's nice and glossy and it kind of sends out the right messages and the the right images. Probably not one for the diehard hockey fan that wants the news today. Not that episode, but. No, no. You know. More more, more to come. But production values were good on it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Look, yeah, they've obviously taken care of I'm not particularly fond of. I'd like to see more action rather than just those kind of the flash pasts of just somebody running that. I think it's very generically English. To be honest with you, which uh, when when I say that it's like uh, turning on some very it needs something to make it stand out as hockey, and it could have been anything. That that's my biggest criticism of it at the moment. But as I said, it's a first episode, and I'd, I'd be silly to uh, just tee off on it on the basis of one episode because these things will settle down and I think you're right that was a almost an introductory episode and that's that's the first of the one that will show on some pay TV station somewhere and hopefully yeah, well, you know, they can build maybe it. get it onto the airlines or something on the sports channel on the airlines it might introduce a game to somebody that isn't Familiar with it, right? The biggest thing with it is sticking with it. And if they get six episodes in and go, ah, oh, no, 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 it will never be anything. They've got to stick with it. They've got to have a plan to go. Right, we're going to do this for every whatever they're going to do. Well, this is part of the game. This is this is something that happens. It, as part it of the is, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you know, we'll wait and see. Hopefully, it'll be ripper in a couple of episodes. Give them some time to bed down. Moving from the small screen to the big screen. Um, couple of things released this week of course the Lots. movie Surma the story of Flicker Singh Sandeep Singh um, has, uh, has launched to uh, pr- pretty good acclaim certainly across India um, and uh, seems to get some really good traction and 
is igniting some interest in hockey, probably at about the right time with the Women's World Cup happening. Also, the uh, Luciana Imar um, documentary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lucha, is it? Um, it's, uh, I saw one of our uh, listeners, Tans, uh, sent, yeah, put a little review on. He watched it on Netflix. Said it was uh, very inspirational. So interested to see what that's all about and check it out. It'll be on, on a pay TV station near you somewhere. It's on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, it's Netflix. on Netflix. Oh, it? yeah, okay. Modern world. Oh, no. Modern it's world. Netflix. Yeah. I actually uh, I jumped onto the hockeytoday.cc site this week to uh, download the international hockey calendar into oh, yeah. my Google calendar. You can do it into all different formats. Okay. Um, do that if you're very modern. You know, you've got Netflix. You've probably got an online calendar. Uh, Ernst Bart's been writing some stuff too. He, he wrote has a piece indeed. called Game Over that attracted the attention of uh, Thierry Veal, who um, Ernst posted about that conversation he had with Thierry, to a certain degree. Look him up on... Um, Bhockey.com. Bhockey. Check it out, and then get onto Twitter and follow the, the tweets he, he put up there in, in relation yeah, to I, the I, uh, I feel very, very positive. Very yeah, very I positive. feel positive about the responses from um, Thierry and the yeah. FIH and... Uh, uh, an understanding that um, there's some good things happening, but they need to be communicated better. And and there seems to be, I'm just saying, this is what's being said. Um, there seems to be a willingness to to listen to the the wider hockey community and the people that have um, got all all sorts of viewpoints. We'll go back and have a look, read of some of the things Ernst has written in the past. And uh, I'm pretty sure he's never had direct communication from the CEO over anything he's written before. And certainly it's good to see at least those doors are perhaps opening up a little bit. Yeah. Got any more, or do we go to feedback? Go to feedback. We're going to talk about Ernst again. <laughs> oh, go on, tee off. No, no, it was, it was uh, <laughs> Ernst... Uh, uh, thought he had to make the point to us when we spoke about the Belgian league last year and yeah. the uh, the changing of their calendar, and then we, okay. sp- we spoke about that post Christmas period uh, where there was a reduced amount of games. Maybe it was five yeah, yeah. games, five or six games left left to play before the lead into the the championships, and uh, whether uh, the pro league games that would be taking place at that time would impact on player selections for the, the Belgian League. Um, I'm not entirely sure that we did say, I'm not going to listen back to it, but I'm not entirely sure that we did say that um, it would exclude those international players from playing from their club sides. Um, okay, we but, pondered the but, question. Yeah, I, I think we pondered that. But, uh, yeah, but, but, but Ernst said, absolutely not, this would not happen. Um, it, it would only be organised, the fixture would only be organised if those, um, and, and, the, the league fixes as well as the pro league fixes yeah. only if those players could continue to play their club hockey okay um, might be different with some of the internationals but with the the home based players club hockey is is the the number one priority there oh okay they'll be interesting they'll be available so and that's obviously you know that's why the restructuring has happened if they've uh, Maybe well, it would have made sort of the point of restructuring of... totally useless. Yes, yeah. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, so, course. of course, yeah. Any more feedback? Uh, mate, we've we've gone on for far too long. I'm sorry. This is the end of the program. The, yeah, there's, I'm, more, I'm there, there's more stuff. There's more stuff, but um, 
No, we can stay. Uh, World Cup sweepstake. Check out the socials. I'm going to put something up on there. There'll be 16 spots available. Well, we'll take two of them. 14 spots available. Um, okay. Be a, you, know. you do that. We've got the Crash Ball count. We've got the Daily Show. Look out for it. It'll be coming through your normal pod feed anyway. But tell all your mates and anybody else that you're interested. They can... Yeah, even if they the don't want to listen show. to us waffling on, at least... Uh, tune into the World Cup show and then you, you'll yeah. be able to get all, be all of your daily to the stuff. Point. 20 minutes, that's it, maximum. Bang. Promise. Done. Uh, how'd you go on the weekend, mate? Oh, still injured, mate. Oh, did you? What about you? Too old. Good game of hockey. Fair game of hockey. Really enjoyed it. Still up the ladder? Well, as it turns out, we we could uh, forfeit every game for the rest of the year and still finish third. Now, last week I did say to you, uh, score a goal for me, and I wanted a goal celebration. Did you score a goal for me? No, I didn't. You didn't well, score not, a goal? Not for, not for our team. Hmm. 